0: What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, do me a quick solid. It takes 20 seconds. Look in the platform that you're listening this on. Spotify, Apple, Pandora, Stitcher. Not sure where you're at, but go in there. They're going to have a subscribe button. Make sure you click it. It's the best way that you can support the show, and I appreciate it a ton. This episode is also brought to you by Action, Specialty Roast Coffee, and Natural Supplements. If you haven't gone to the website, drinkaction.com, that's action spelled with a K, you're in luck because after two years of bitching at everybody about going to the website, if you live in Bradford, Pennsylvania, you can grab our coffee at the Kennedy Street Cafe, but soon you'll be able to grab it at a brand new retail storefront location very nearby. So stay tuned at drinkaction on Instagram. That's action spelled with a K, drinkaction.com on the website. If you use code word curious, you'll get an additional 15% off your order, and if you sign up for a subscription, we'll mail you coffee and supplements for a 20% discount every single month. Drinkaction.com, code word curious. My guest today, he's going to be drinking some coffee when he's in town, and he will be in town because he's from Bradford, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. He likes to say that he's actually from Lewis Run, Pennsylvania, and I'll give him that, but the end of the day, we're both products of good old BAHS, and uh, I'm very proud of this guy. He took a trip. uh, He actually changed my brother's life as well in the process. Both decided to head to Los Angeles from small town Pennsylvania years and years ago, like five or six years ago now. And he spent some time there. He decided to hop aboard a cruise ship and make some reoccurring trips to Alaska, playing for the cruise scene. And then he decided to pack it up and head to Austin, Texas, where he's been living ever since. And he's become a regular on the music scene. You also may have seen him on The Voice. And he actually has a new song releasing today, August 12th, on Spotify. It's called The Life You Make. Go check it out. Check out this podcast. Share it with your buddies. and Give it up for my guest and my friend, Jay DeCasper. <laughs> how's that
1: does that work for you
0: yeah Yeah. do i
1: need headphones or can you hear me good
0: i can hear you yeah
1: sweet perfect how you been oh pretty good man how you been
0: hanging in there
1: i feel you same here i'm just uh just surviving man you know it's a weird thing navigating this this plane don't you think Boy, is that an understatement? <laughs> it is, though, man. It's fucking bizarre. I don't even know how to explain it.
0: It's, it's overwhelming in a good way and in a bad way when you realize that there's so many ways that you can do it. And I know you've you've gotten there already. You know what I mean? Like, in a lot of ways, it's easier to live into the fake mindset that, like, you get up go to your factory job for 8 hours Monday through Friday cuz it just eliminates the need to even worry about the other possibilities. But then there's this great experience when you realize, "Hey, I can do all the same things that I want to do. I can have a family, I can buy a home, and I don't have to be like I don't have to be controlled by the system." But that same enlightenment I feel like gives you like all the it gives you great opportunity, but it also gives you a whole bunch of other problems that can come along with it too.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. That's a really good way of explaining it. Like, you know, I think that we came from a place where, um, you had to be working in the system to get these things. And, uh, because there wasn't really like a place for an independent contractor, unless you were like a, uh, plumber or something but even then you know mm-hmm. and uh they're still like the people are afraid to to jump out of the the norm and and do what what is uh you know what 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 what's what like rely on yourself
0: i don't know a whole lot of people before our generation from our area that made a living as a musician there's a lot of guys that played and that had a lot of talent yeah but they they worked full-time jobs and then they got gigs at night. Right. And like, that's a good thing, but nobody, nobody, there was no pathway for you to follow or for Dave to follow or for anybody, anybody else to follow. You guys kind of are the first, I mean, you got dog day and other people. I don't know what financially was involved in, in that stuff. I mean, they played with a lot of big names. They did a lot of cool shows, but I don't, I mean, they would I don't think any of them were paying their bills solely with that
1: no way man no way i mean i don't think that anybody was thinking about paying their bills with it i mean yeah, they're like rude. having fun <laughs> yeah is no. it still
0: fun I, for you right now
1: um yeah it's definitely fun still like it's fun to to, to when you get a good crowd and you just like because once i'm at the point now we like you know you get the crowd there and you're like okay i know exactly what's about to happen here yeah. you know and and they love it every time they're just they 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 keep they love it but um you know the the work aspect of it you know the the financial tran transaction of the of the job like you know I'm giving someone my my time to do what is my passion but at the same time I mean you got to remember I make a living playing cover songs you know it's a completely different animal from someone that makes a living playing arena shows or, you know, because playing cover songs for two to three hours, that is, that is by definition, a job, man. Like when you got to deal with people coming up to you, be like, Oh, can you play a wagon wheel? And I'm not complaining about, about my life at all. I'm not complaining at all. I mean, I'm a very fortunate individual to be able to do what I, what I do. No, but you start to look at
0: the nuance of, like, okay, you went down this path. You picked a really fun, exciting path of being a musician as opposed to working in the factory. But then yeah. okay, now let's let's back up from that. There's a lot of different avenues to your point where yes, you're having fun doing what you love, but you're not necessarily doing what you love with what you love.
1: Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a that's a really good way to put it because I am dealing yeah, I'm I'm dealing with you know like i'm front and center with the the clientele whereas like a lot if you're a bigger band and you're playing originals there isn't an area where between songs someone can just walk up to you and be like hey can you play this song or you know any insert any x y and z of somebody talking to you um but another thing is that for most of my gigs you know i and i i'm i'm wearing all the hats man i mean i book everything and i'm the guy that's running the sound most of the time like i provide my own sound for the majority of my 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 gigs i set everything up and i mean i show up with like you know a lot of gear you know I, that's another reason why i'm able to do what i do is because i take it serious and i don't just show up like okay i'm here to play some songs and and you know get a little drunk and stuff like i walk in there i show up with subwoofers speakers lights and you know and and uh that you know i'm showing up with a van load of gear that i'm setting up and taking down putting in the van driving off when i'm done you know
0: yeah i don't mean like, <laughs> i don't mean the job yeah no it is i don't think it's, it's the same thing with this albeit a lot different i don't have to take and tear anything down but all the editing, all, I mean, I get tired of listening to myself, you know, and hours, I don't do a whole lot of editing on any of this stuff. If, if you listen, you can, I mean, it's just pretty much a long form conversation, but there's times where just technical things or sound quality, and I don't want to not listen to it and then have people who are listening to it be like, what the fuck? Like it all got screwed up seven minutes in. You didn't even know, you didn't release it. So yeah, I go through, I listen, I critique, I try to selfishly find out how i can be better so you know and i know you're the same way right it's like that's also the beauty of being a musician or an artist it's there's this pursuit of always trying to perfect your craft and you'll never be perfect even if you're the greatest you know nobody's perfect and it allows for changes and subtleties every every time that you're out there but absolutely yeah
1: that's absolutely right man
0: so even busier than usual
1: Um, well, no, this is actually my slow season, man, because it's so hot in Texas. I mean, we're going on 60 something days of a hundred degree plus, you know, so Mm -hmm. you can't really be outside without water for a long period. You know, you need to be like in swimming or like misters or something, you know? So this is the slowest part of the year for me. If I stay in Texas through the summer, because of that. And, uh, that's another thing I'm trying not to not to do um through you know years in the future I'm trying to get out of, of Texas in June July August because the money is there still but it's not as good as like fall or spring or even winter you know
0: so albeit mean to have no idea what I'm talking about but I'm just gonna throw something out there is it worth it and this is a question more than anything as I'm curious about it like for those months, say June, July, August, in the future, family aside, like other responsibilities aside, why not go do a three month tour through like towns like Bradford, so exactly. you can, you know what I mean? Because you get people that money is special. There. Hey, yeah, the money's there, right? You're gonna get paid for your time. But then you also come across these people that don't get big time acts that come to their town. And so it's like, hey, this guy, he was on The Voice. Like you, you kind of resonate. Now you pick up like 200 fans in this small town, and then you yeah. start to build this like organic, really loyal following. And dude, I think your music, your stage presence, like you're that guy where you could go get some really unique, cool venues over three months, make a little coin while you do it, and then yeah. come back and have a huge pop, and then get back right back into the swing of things. I mean, I'm sure you've thought of it, and I'm is it as easy as that I'm making it or is it hard to find those types of gigs and like set it all up and coordinate it and the cost associated?
1: Um, Well, it definitely is worth it to do it. For me, it's been, and I've literally, you know, thought about this at extreme volumes, you know, throughout the last 10 years, you know, ever since I graduated high school, all I've ever wanted to do was tour and play music in different cities. So um i'm upset a little bit at myself that i'm here here i am now 30 years old and i still haven't done hardly any like i've, I've literally not went on any tour and not even a, a tour you know independently because you know i'm looking at family time and i'm looking at it and, and and you know it's things just get a little bit more complicated once you have have kids and stuff yeah but hey mean i would
0: You get one shot, brother. You can
1: you're absolutely dude. You fucking we need to
0: get you out there. I'm I'm buying you a van. We're gonna wrap that up. I have a van. That's it. All right. We're gonna put a picture of your face on the side of it. Let's (laughs) let's go. We're gonna do drive-in movie theaters.
1: No, that's exactly (laughs) what I would like to do. And next summer, I think I'm gonna do that. My brother lives in Bozeman, Montana. So I'm trying to go up there. My other brother lives in Minneapolis. So I mean, all of those northern parts of the country that are just booming in the summer like that's where i'm trying to be at and you know if i can bring my kid with me i mean that would be amazing you know i mean because i really enjoy being up in pennsylvania in the summertime which i'm going there in like eight days but uh i just i this heat down here is insane man and this is actually the hottest summer I've experienced in, you know, almost 10 years of being down here.
0: Yeah. It's been pretty <laughs> hot up here. Yeah. It's the other day I was outside for four or five hours in the afternoon. My wife's like, did you know it was the hottest day of the year here today? And I'm like, no, I mean, it was hot out. She's like, take your shirt off. I mean, I had the worst farmer's tan. I didn't realize how bad it was. Dude. <laughs> and it, I started to think about it. It's been really exceptionally hot. I was just actually also got back from Kansas city. I was traveling and it was like, 98 degrees in kansas city it was just ridiculous dang
1: dude but yeah i mean touring i that's you know what for for next summer and it doesn't even just take that like my problem with setting up tours which i've attempted to do i've gotten dates i had dates up in all the way to get me from texas to vancouver british columbia one time and i was getting i was setting it up you know, you got to do this stuff like six months in advance. But just getting venues to respond and take you serious. And also, when you go on tour, you got to have something to sell. And I've I've spent so much time working on my record, which I'm about to release here in the next couple months. I mean, it's about to be, like, it's done and it's coming out. And you just got to have something to sell, man. Like, and my, my reasoning for not going on tour sooner than this is because it's like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to these, I'm going to go to bars. I'm going to play you know covers you yeah. know i'm not like what's the point of going on tour if you're just doing that because i cannot have to spend the money on gas or hotels and do the same
0: thing yeah
1: and literally do the same thing here and yeah. probably make more money here you know
0: yeah no i and mean
1: see my family every day
0: for sure but i'm you know how my brain works. I, I, number one, I think you're beyond talented enough to do it. And I know you think you are too. I mean, you, you put on a hell of a show. You're a great musician. Your original stuff is bomb. I which we need to talk about, you know, the upcoming stuff. But I mean, I was listening to a playlist the other day. I mean, it was, I I think it started with the band. So like my my, brother, my brother, my little boy Hendrix is like obsessed with the band. And, uh, we just started playing like a, we were sitting out by the fire, just having a little fire. And it was like the band and it was rolling stones and it was JD Casper pops up. (laughs) Like just, it was a playlist that I had put together. And nobody even like, dude, it didn't skip a beat. It fit right in. It was professional. It was on point. The songwriting was awesome. And like, I honestly truly believe like if you said, screw it, three months. All right. I got to have, I got to write a new song. So I've got like a nice little catalog. I'll play a couple of covers that I know will get people psyched up, but I'm going to play my new stuff. I'll have a, a, you know, digital, or I don't even know if you can sell CDs anymore. Maybe you do some vinyl, you do a hat, some cool trucker hat with like a silhouette of your face, make it. It's just like, look, I got to have something to sell to your point. That's low cost that I can sell to them at a reasonable price. Still make some money. Go make some connections I'm going to, you know, see, see what happens. I dude, you could blow this shit up. You could. <laughs> well, that's
1: the whole that's the whole idea is like if you don't do it and I know these guys in Austin, if you don't do it then you're going to be sitting here, you know, in
0: 10 I'm going to be sitting here 40, I'm going to be sitting here playing the same game. <laughs> dude, you've seen you've spent a lot more nights in Austin than me. I mean, yeah. I've seen some people <laughs> playing music in Austin where I am like you should be a multimillionaire. Like you <laughs> you are amazing and then there's stories of guys like Gary Clark Jr that come out of that scene and they yeah. they recognize it you know and it just dude, takes Gary's, one right person
1: Gary's the man dude he showed up at one of my gigs uh i think it was in it was in october he just walked in man oh wow walked in sat down ordered a couple of drinks he was just having a good time man
0: what's that do to somebody like yourself like does that get you a little sick to your stomach and nervous when you see somebody with that type of stature come in and is watching you play?
1: Uh, dude, I was pumped. Cause he, what happened was actually, it was me and my band and we were just sitting there and we were slamming, dude. Like, and I mean, my band is, uh, it's really unique in the Austin scene because what I'm doing, I'm literally playing like bluegrass. I have a fiddle player, mandolin player, bass player, and we're just like super, super upbeat, getting people dancing and stuff and uh there's uh the way the stage was built like as you walk down the street you look in and you see the band there's like doors behind the stage so you see the band's back and the crowds facing the stage so i just was between songs i I turn around and i look behind me and it's literally gary clark jr just standing there just watching and i'm like gary and he's like what's up man i was like dude you gonna come in here or what was like, yeah, I'll come in. He came in, he sat down, and he stayed for like probably 45 minutes, had a good time, and you know, left a, a fat, fat tip in there, which you would expect Gary to do. And, and, uh, yeah, dude, he's the, he's the fucking man. Uh, my favorite part though is that, uh, the bar he was in, my buddy was bartending and he tried to like comp Gary's drink, he tried to give him like a free drink. Gary's like, He's like, dude, I'm. I do not want. I don't want a free drink, man. Like, this is like in back in October. You know, things were still kind of like, we were just coming out of the pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. so he's like, he's like, I don't. He's like, I want to pay for my drink. And, you know, he, it's scary. You know, of course he's gonna. He's not gonna. He doesn't want to accept a free drink. <laughs> yeah, dude, everybody loves him. Man, he's he's like the he's like the guy, man. He's like the face. Mm-hmm. everybody loves him and he's been around like these same types of places that that i I've, I've been playing and still play you know he started out playing you know like friends bar and you know oh he's always been at anton's now he owns Antones and you know he's 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 like the guy in austin man but there's there's also quite a few bands that are significantly big that are from here you know
0: there's a group, and it's so strange. I was at uh, – is it called the White Horse? Yeah. white Is yeah. it the White Horse Saloon? Uh, I don't know if it's just the White after
1: Horse. It. kind of like
0: on the outside. We call it the White Horse. Isn't it? Yeah, it's
1: on the east side.
0: Okay. So I went there years ago. Like, jeez, man, like six, seven years ago. And uh, there was this group in there, like an old dude playing the steel uh, – well, I don't even know what the hell. Lap steel
1: called. or steel yeah. guitar,
0: pedal yes. steel. Old dude, and then this other guy playing. The, I think he was playing the fiddle. Another guy playing the guitar with like goofy glasses and a cowboy hat, and this chick that was just unbelievable. Could sing. They were just mm. they were awesome, and it always like it always stuck with me. That was like a memory of Austin from that's my the spot. man. Yeah, so it was like really authentic, like the. The bartenders were all kind of like hipsters with like leather on. It was, it was interesting. Hippies
1: and cowboys, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So years later, after Rogan moved to Austin, I saw he was with Hinchcliffe and like a bunch of people and they're out and he- They come out with Ron White. They all come out, bro. Dude. And they post there at the White Horse. And I'm looking at this video and I'm like, holy shit, it's that same, like, I could see these people were like five years older, but there they were, they were still playing there. And, like, I don't know, part of me felt, like, bad. I'm like, damn, like, they're so talented. I wish more people knew who they were. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, they're exactly where they want to be.
1: I mean, the White Horse is a, is a good venue. They have a cover charge at the door. And those bands that are playing at the White Horse, that's like the residency – yeah. it's all residency gigs. They're there every Monday. It's pretty much like what Rogan does. When he's home, he's doing – he's still playing – you know, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, he goes out to the Vulcan Gas Company right there on 6th Street, mm-hmm. and he's doing Rogan and friends. I, I went down and saw him with a buddy. You know, you got to get these tickets. It's literally like 30 people cap, and he's just out there. He talks about on his podcast all the time. You got to be out there doing it so that when he gets in front of an arena, he's ready to roll. Yeah. But he's playing these this small club, you know, three nights, three, four nights a week. Dude, speaking
0: do- of no, – sorry, go ahead.
1: They do uh, Kill Tony there, too. And what's crazy about that, I mean, that's right there. Since he's come, you should see, like, like the, the stand-up comedy scene around here. It's just boomed ever he's, since, like.
0: He's opening a club, right?
1: Dude, he's opening up a club on, right there on 6th Street. It used to be the Alamo Draft House. It was a movie theater. And it's literally all boarded up right now. Like, whatever they're doing in there is top secret. You can't even get a glimpse. It used to be like a movie theater where you could like walk in like, you know, how like the theater entrances, you know, like, it's yeah. like, so now it's all boarded up straight up to the sidewalk. You can't even see what's going on at that entrance, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because that movie theater closed during COVID. I used to hate walking down that sidewalk because uh, it just straight up reeked like uh like you know human feces and piss and shit you know but because people were just sleeping there and just have a tent set up right there in the movie theater that shut down and so whatever when he bought that place i'm he's he's probably dumped so much money into it but i i mean i know i'm pumped up because as soon as he opens it's gonna be this it's gonna it's gonna pop off man yeah it's gonna be something crazy
0: that's really cool,
1: and it's right there on Sixth Street where I've been making a living for for you know going on ten years now. So it's just really awesome to see, you know, someone of his stature come into a place where, where I've been working, you know, for for most of my adult life.
0: Yeah, that's oh, so cool, man. Not to change the subject, but have you caught this documentary series on Netflix at all called Trainwreck? No, about, uh, it's about Woodstock '99.
1: Oh, no. I watched that when it was on HBO. I saw the whole thing. It's, is it um, is
0: it the same one, or is it a different documentary?
1: It's, does it have, like, Jewel and Alanis Morissette talking? And
0: I haven't seen them yet. Dude, this is, I like, I've seen things about Woodstock 99. I've seen documentaries. Like, I knew what to expect, like, how big of a disaster it was, but this is, like, a docu-series where, I'm blown away. Even knowing I what I knew,
1: watch that one. I watched the one on HBO. I thought it was the same thing.
0: It, it might be. If it is, then you know how, what I'm, dude. Like, I watched the fire festival thing, and the was fire like, fest. Yeah, and yeah. and I, I was—is that what it was, Fry Fest?
1: No, nah, it's fire, or but it's fire. fire with a Y. It was awesome. Yeah, that's
0: right. You know, by the
1: way, not to—I just want to yeah. point this out because I heard you say fire. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's a thing that we all from, you know, our region of Pennsylvania, we say fire weird. Apparently it's like fire, but we say fire.
0: Yeah, we shorten it. <laughs> Dude, we this have a funny. lot of, we have a very strange vocabulary where we come from.
1: Yeah. People yeah. always point it out whenever I say fire.
0: Like what? What is it?
1: <laughs> oh, here we go.
0: No, but it's. My- It's so interesting in hindsight and they're, they're touching on it right now in the episode that I'm watching with it because they it's the original guy that did Woodstock 69 and he's older and he, I guess they tried it in 94 and it was great, but they didn't make any money. And so 99, they wanted to try it again. What's that?
1: They did all the old bands and they, in this time in 99, they went with like, what was popular. Yeah. It's just, it went to their own fault. What was popular was
0: some, (laughs) it was corn on the first night. And they're like showing the video of it and the lead up. And then it's just like Jonathan Davies saying, are you ready? And you just see the sea of like, they said that it was 250,000 tickets, but I mean, there are estimates that there was half a million people there. And you just see, the noise as it goes deep down the runway of this old air force base, the wave of people who are hearing him like a second and a half later, because it was so far away. And it's just like a sea of humans. It is the craziest shit. Like I could not imagine the feeling of standing up there in front of that many people and being able to control them with your music and performance.
1: Well, you can't man, but I got to be honest, I watched, if it's the same thing when it got to, because it got crazy once, uh,
0: I think it was the second
1: night when, when Limp Biscuit went off there. Yeah. And he basically just got him, like, he. but that's what he does, you know. I mean, he literally has a song about, you know, just one of them days when it break some shit, like, yeah. you know, no, that's what you
0: hired. And it was like a perfect storm, because they show, everybody was so excited, they, they tried to make it so beautiful. And they were just ignorant to the bands that were going to be playing. And so, like, they said they woke up Saturday morning. And for whatever reason, one of the things that they had forgot was, like, how are we going to clean up the garbage? And they're like, there was, like, a foot of debris just after the first day. And it's like, hey, we have two more days of this shit. And the porta-potties were overflowing already. So that's, like, they're coming into day two just in a bad bad state of mind already probably and to your point then you've got limp biscuit closing things out i mean yeah if you if people are listening to this go watch this shit because
1: it's crazy
0: i remember those times dude we were i was in like seventh grade you know corn and limp biscuit the offspring Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of that stuff well that was just kind of i think they did a if
1: it's the same documentary, which we haven't established if it is or not, but if it's the same documentary, they kind of did a good job of showing uh, just how, like, aggressive it was at the time. You know, it was kind of bizarre, you, you know, looking back at it from the 2022 perspective, it's, an, it's a time when, you know, we were really objectifying women, like, you know, yeah. the girls gone wild. Wa- old phase american pie and like all those movies that were just like really like
0: yeah you know yeah they had like body painting there so they it was encouraging nudity i mean i I get it it's like peace love and whatever but it's not it's it was like time with like spring break and girls gone wild so they're like leaning into that culture and you just have these like 20 year old chicks like running around topless and guys that are have signs that say show us your tits and they're just groping people and yeah it was like yeah uh, and then i start to see the scene corn's getting ready to play at the end of this first day and you see the people in the crowd and i'm like i know a lot of these people from rock and ricks man like this is not peace love and harmony they're there to fuck some (laughs) shit up you know
1: yeah man like that that's the scene it's kind of weird You know, that North, that North, uh, Northeast rock scene, you know, like that's kind of what we were raised up into. That everybody wants to like just listen to like some heavy music and really bizarre. You know, when I was playing with my band up there, we were like a soft, like reggae rock band and we're playing, you know, shows with bands that are straight up, you know grind core pig squeals you know and we're just like chill with our little reggae right
0: there was some bizarre ass music in our area mm-hmm.
1: yeah people love the hard stuff up there man but it's not just hey buddy hey i'm doing something no you can't be in here bud sorry about that Come on. love you bud
0: fatherhood i
1: know right <laughs> Uh, dude, I went to see Joey man, and it was uh, really cool to see him with his family and stuff, and and their the 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 way that he's got his his family set up, and they're in. He's that a different night. breed, isn't he? Yeah, he's working hard too, man. He's motivated.
0: Yeah, very. I'm happy. Just I think about just a few short years ago where he was at and the concerns that I had for him and everybody out there i was just like worried to death and they figured it out well uh, anyone that's the you know i'm not trying to
1: pick on anybody here but you know when we're coming from the area that we grew up and we make a jump like uh moving to california or moving to austin you know i did both of those moves i went from bradford to california and that's a, that's a culture shock out there you know um i remember i was with my brother out there one time and he smoked cigarettes he throws a cigarette butt out the window and some guy runs up at the red light knocks on the window he rolls on the window and they throw the cigarette butt back in the car you know <laughs> and where i come from someone pulls some shit like that like i get it you don't litter but you know you throw you do some shit like that like we're about to get out of the car dude like it's just about to go down but uh um yeah there's a lot of doubters I remember there being uh one of my buddy's parents when we moved to Austin because I moved here with you know my two friends and they are like they're like hey you know I, I give them like two weeks you know they'll be back you know once they get there and they see how hard it is and they're gonna run out of money oh well, they know I had money saved up like I was ready to rock I was coming off the
0: cruise line I didn't spend a dime
1: for like six months i was well they ready. look
0: at you and they they internalize themselves They they know that if they were to go there they would run out of money because they haven't done any of the hard work to set themselves up for the focus that it's going to take to do what you want to do and so they yeah. start to they they paint you into their their corner right like he's he's yeah. going to run out of money he's never going to make it it's like yeah. oh <laughs> tell, tell me how you feel about yourself why don't you
1: yeah well that's what it is i guess it's yeah it's just uh it's basically comes back to what we were talking about before. I mean, people, the generations before us just have no idea the opportunity that awaits if you just focus on what you want to do and, and really just go after it with everything you have.
0: You know what I've started to realize with the podcast? And it's, I'm sure resonates with you from a music standpoint. Like, I'd be lying if I told you that along this two plus years, there hasn't always been a thing in my brain about like how do I how do I blow this up? Times times running out. Like I, I got to keep the momentum going, and then I I back off and I'm like just have fun with it. That's I'm here to have fun with it, but there is a seriousness to it, right? I take it serious, but I'm starting to realize the seriousness is the consistency of doing this for a long time. Because, like, think about if you had a radio show back in the nineties and you just recorded it because you were recording it, you, whatever it was, and you captured all this content or maybe it was some video content from the nineties. You could now you've, you, there's been like three different waves of technology that you'd be able to re monetize that. Like people who have YouTube channels right now that are making boatloads of money. Don't think somebody who's like a Logan Paul, that's a YouTuber. He's getting paid millions of dollars every month because he has so many views per video and YouTube advertises like at a high level for anybody who doesn't understand how that happens. He's making millions of dollars every month because he'll release a YouTube video and that video gets a ton of views. But here's the thing. If he's smart, he's saving all of that content, even content he's getting paid on right now. And there will be a new platform, the next new Instagram, the next new like, they probably don't even need to worry about that content because they're constantly making more stuff in the future, but you can monetize the stuff that you have in your catalog. And if you think about it, that's what these, that's what a professional musician's doing all the time. They'll write a hit in the seventies and it's like, they're touring on that shit forever. Spotify comes out. Hey, let's upload our masters to this platform and start making another eight cents. It's just recycle, recycle. And I'm like, I've got a catalog now of 103 podcast episodes that maybe it's going to be video, maybe it'll be audio, maybe it's something in the future that I'll be able to leverage that on. And I've got a humongous head start already. It's just yeah, like everything absolutely. keeps just like repeating itself. And I've, you know what I mean? It's like you start to realize that in 10,000 hours is actually attainable.
1: It's kind of crazy because you say like we could be going for a a new platform like a like a new Instagram or something is I, I mean I guess it's happened. I mean they have there's TikTok now. And,
0: yeah, you if know. you had a huge Instagram, you literally could take that and then be like, "Hey, follow me on TikTok." And now all of a sudden you've got a huge following on TikTok and now you're monetizing TikTok. These people that figured out one p- pathway and have like a it's just it's like having a brand of people like you build a brand and you then take it to every new thing and you can grow it that way. Cross pollinate, you know? You know, what makes me mad about the whole situation though, is that I'm just a dude,
1: like, I'm just trying to, to get some, some eyeballs on my music releases. So I put some hashtags like, you know, music release, you know, and then immediately after I post it, I'm just, my dms my comments they're just immediately just like spam fraud hey let me help you promote your stuff (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's like dude come on man like does this work and then you look at like we have over a million followers that will put you out to i'm like well you're telling me you have 1.7 million followers and you're not verified like that just doesn't make sense to me
0: yeah and why are you doing this with those people (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) This is what you choose to provide a million seven? Like, come on. I'm sure yeah. they could benefit from something else.
1: <laughs> That's now, what, been- I saw that they hit
0: me on the DMs. I'm like, this looks like it's fraud.
1: I'm sorry. I'm not interested. Like, I'm looking for something a little more organic.
0: I'm sorry. It- but can I tell you that when I see that somebody gets their account hacked, I've changed my opinion about you forever. Like, I... Yeah. If you if you're like hey everybody ignore the messages from me my account got hacked. Let's just be honest. Your account only got hacked because you clicked on a link for something stupid like hey sexy I want to send you photos click here and watch my video like for every random guy that does that or you know hey click here and I'll deposit 500 in bitcoin into your account and then you can continue to grow it or whatever other stupid thing that people are not smart enough to not fall into. That's how people's account gets hacked. You're not just random Joe blow and somebody goes and hacks into your account for no reason. They get you. And it tells me everything I need to know about you. Going back to uh, the beginning
1: where we're like, man, it's just so crazy. You know, just so crazy. This, this whole navigating this, this plane, this realm, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, at least we're free to do whatever we want. And this is something I want to bring up with you. Yesterday, okay, I, my kids are starting my, – my kids got to start school here. Summer break's coming to an end. So we go pick up school supplies, and I didn't even look at the list of what the school sent out. Dude, I spent like over $400 on school supply, and it was just what was on the Zontak kids list. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm sitting here looking at, you know, I know that there's pretty much infinite infinite amount of money that's going into our tax dollars. And I just want to say, if that doesn't show that we are misplacing just a crazy amount of our money in this system, that our schools aren't set up for success, that I need to go. Uh, that they're relying on parents, and I just want to remind: like I'm, I'm not complaining about having to buy my kid school supply.
0: No, there's a for, point to that.
1: I feel bad for the families that can't afford to do that, and they're just, I'm just buying the stuff that's on a list.
0: Did you get a chance to listen to the podcast I did with Matt Bodro? No, I didn't. Listen, Checked you need you need to listen to that. So he's actually from California. He just relocated to uh, North Carolina he's partners with Tim Kennedy. So they do a program called Apogee Strong, which is like a mentorship program for young boys. So that's like how to instill principles of accountability and just how to be uh, a good providing man in society. But Mm -hmm. they took it a step further and Matt, his background is actually as an educator. So he was a teacher in public schools and private schools and the administrative level. And he got out of that after realizing that really, a public and private schools are basically the same thing. And he created the Apogee School Program, which Tim Kennedy is also a partner in, and he opened Apogee Cedar Park outside of Austin. And mm-hmm. it's really it's a school that redefines. They don't even like the term school, but it's essentially a, a place where kids go to learn through functional activity and not sitting in a classroom being told what to do. They're taught how to think, not what to think. And the best way he described it was, he's like, I've had people here from Harvard and Stanford and people that are observing, and we'll go to a classroom that has five, six, seven, and eight-year-olds because they combine age groups. They don't have first grade and second grade. And he's like, we'll pull the adults out of that classroom, and inevitably, one of the kids will say, Hey, everybody, it's, it's 830 time for morning meeting. They'll all get together. They'll all look each other in the eyes, shake each other's hands and say, okay, here's the task at hand today. Here's what we're doing. Um, I'm the Socratic leader. Um, you're going to be responsible for the, you know, taking notes today, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, they'll do that without the teachers, even in the class, because the teachers are there to really just guide them and ensure that the environment for learning is optimal and that they're able to do it. And they'll learn about math through the process of building a city out of cardboard, metal and plastic and needing to figure out how to wire it. And if you fail, awesome, it's a part of the process. So it's like completely different. And he talked about all of the little triggers inside of the educational system that he's like, there's small little things that you don't think about, but like we talk about failure, right? you're taught in traditional schools that failure is a bad thing, you know, Mm -hmm. progress reports and you don't want to fail. And like, I get it. There's a, I guess a point to that, but when he, he kind of exposed that when you look at other things walking, when you're a baby, you know, you fall countless times and your parents don't yell at you for that. They clap and cheer you on and tell you, Hey, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And he's like, it's the same thing. You need to fail in order to learn to get better. And so I don't know, man, It I've, I've always kind of been against the traditional schooling. And just because I don't think it's possible to provide the best possible education at scale. And Allison and I have kind of talked about like, hey, is there, you know, would we want a homeschool? Would we want a private school? After this conversation with him, I, I will feel like a bad father if I don't strongly consider finding one of these facilities because he's got tons they've they're in over 40 different countries i found one yeah and it's it sounds silly and maybe it's to some people it sounds overkill but that is truly where your child is going to spend the majority of their time not with Especially you at elementary
1: school elementary schools is a big one yeah. they gotta have it this one that my kids are going to which i'm super excited about they uh they they don't focus on these things like what you're saying they are on a ranch like a farm and they have they have goats and they have yes. uh they have uh, you know it's it's seriously like a school for hippies like yeah they uh, they are focusing on agriculture and you know library like they have a really good library and everything's based outside i'm just super excited for and my, my son's starting kindergarten and i'm just super excited to to, to see him thrive throughout elementary school years here you know
0: what made you guys go that route
1: well we were really excited um so straight up we just moved um to the east side of austin so we're like southeast and we're so we were looking at schools and um where we're at um we basically live in you, you could mistake this to be like legitimately Mexico where we're at. Like there's constantly Tejano bands playing like across the street and there's non-English speaking, uh, you know, people all over where I'm living right now. And most of the schools, like the one, the, the school that we're zoned for, it was, um, it, it was requiring uniforms and stuff like that. And we just weren't really a big fan of what was going on. So we looked at another school that's close by and it's called um, a discovery. It's like a discovery school. And I guess it's technically a charter school, but it's also like a public school in a sense, but it's like kind of private, like need to be accepted into it or something like that. And yeah, we're just really thankful that our kids got in there and it like, I think it's we went there for orientation here as the school year was wrapping up, and super excited, man. It's gonna be we kept our kids in a school north, which is like a 25 minute drive, and we've lived here since December. So for the second half of the year last year, we were driving an hour two and an hour back to get our kids, man. Like so we so she would take the kids to school, she'd put you know an hour in that trip, and then I'd pick them up. I'd have an hour you know, it's just, in and, and where we were up there, the school day up there was from 7 30 to four and for elementary school. And then this school day it's, they're done, they're out by two 30 and every Wednesday is a half day every Wednesday. So every Wednesday they're out at noon and they, uh, they have a choice like for parents that can't pick their kids up. They pay extra for like a, an intramural so they have like different classes like you can have a ukulele class or like an art class or like things that they want to kids want to focus on whatever the kid chooses they want to do they get to do that for the wednesday after
0: school i commend you guys and i know it sounds probably pushy but i i cannot urge parents to look into that enough and i've i've brought it up to people and i've gotten overwhelmingly positive feedback when I've shared with them the conversation that I had with Matt, the podcast, his ideas, the things that I've been looking at. But a lot of people have also been like, yeah, but there's a cost associated or some some sort of sacrifice that because it's not the system, right? Like I don't just put my kids out at the school bus in the morning and know they're coming home and have all of the things that are just ingrained in society there's a challenge where it's a little extra effort. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, no, there is. But I guess I'm confused as to why we'd be willing to take effort in standing in line for our favorite concert ticket or, you know, like going Black Friday shopping and like swimming over fucking bodies of humans so that you can save 20% off of some TV that's like a generic brand. It's not even the right (laughs) kind, but you won't go out of your way to ensure that your kids have an education that you're telling me that you agree with all of what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't understand where the disconnect is. If people just want to say the right thing or like what, what that is, but like I I would consider getting a second job if it was like a financial thing, because Mm -hmm. I, I truly believe after what I've heard and the research that I've done, that it's that important that it would be worth that sacrifice of my life to ensure that my kids are not and I hate to say indoctrinated but in any one direction I don't care if it's I don't want my kids to even know like what my political beliefs are or any like you want to you want to come home and ask me who I'm voting for I'm going to ask you well who do you think I should vote for you've been listening I want to get them to start critically thinking not listening to what their dad says because what good is that you know I mean you want to point them in the right direction but I think you want them to be able to think for themselves when you're not in the picture. For sure,
1: man, for sure. I think that's a huge, a huge mistake that uh, a lot of people would make is trying to uh, push their bias on their, on their kids. You Mm want to let your kids learn for themselves.
0: It's a scary thing, you know, especially today, you know, but I'm going to try my best.
1: No, you have to try your best, man. I mean, That's something that our parents weren't really worried about. I feel like, like they weren't really there. There wasn't really much concern for their kids. And I don't know what, what Bradford high high school was like when you were there. I mean, you're a couple of years older than me when I was there, they were under such a tight microscope that, you know, all they cared about were these state tests. So for a kid like me, you know, when I started getting these state tests and I realized that you know, they honestly didn't matter. I, I, I'm, I'm being honest, I wasn't the best student at all. It all, never was. So when I got these state tests, I was like, I'm not going to sit here and do this. So I just started like filling in bubbles, which I didn't realize was a terrible idea. Because then once I came to these classes, you know, once I got to high school and they they placed you in class based off your state test score, I was in class with like the last causes, dude. Like you should have seen what my math class was like my freshman year where I was with kids. None of the kids that I was in class with made it to senior year. They were all dropped out. Like you were not learning nothing in this class, dude.
0: Well, I'm sure that the (laughs) microscope you were under was because of the pathway that my grade and a couple of them that followed behind me and that were before me put in front of you because it was the wild west. And like, I, I think back to like sporting events, just the shift in culture. When I was in middle school and freshman sophomore year of high school, the black hole was a big thing. And it was like mm-hmm. a revitalization of what was going on in like the mid 90s when the Bradford sports, especially the basketball team, was very, very good and competitive. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like school pride around that. I mean, you had jam-packed gyms, people complete body paint. I mean, I painted my body for so many different sporting events in high school, just it was it was an absolute madhouse but it got to a point where it got overwhelming and then doctor hudson came in as a superintendent and tried to change things and the pushback was really harsh and then like i feel like the district really put some serious like they hung banners in the gym with codes of conduct because people couldn't behave themselves there was extra police presence and then everything started to change i think just na- nationally i think we we're at the peak of the wildness and then it became very politically correct i was i was out of school i was like in college when you started to hear about political correctness and all that crap but Mm -hmm. it was there was no political correct in in school i mean i had teachers that were hitting kids when i was in school and that wasn't (laughs) frowned upon like no you you said something wrong to a teacher you were going to get backhanded in the hallway dang dude there were fistfights and i i remember going to fistfights on hedgehog lane and teachers showing up like guy teachers that were like (laughs) watching kids fight like that's how that's the world and the culture you know it's it's crazy yeah and by the way as a parent i don't know that i'd feel very comfortable with my kid going to that school any more than i do about one where they're teaching him things politically or socially that i'm in disagreement with because they all don't lead to a good thing i guess but i don't know i mean maybe maybe they do maybe the way that we grew up builds i don't know you build a little character by going through that stuff and but there's been quite a few people that
1: have come out of bradford high that have done some pretty amazing things you know yeah we have like NASA scientists and stuff that graduate with us. I mean, there's, I I think there's like politicians, not that, not that that's anything anyone should strive for, but, um, you know, I I mean, there's a lot of people that came out of Bradford, but there's also, (laughs) let's let's not forget the other end of the spectrum here. And I don't know if it's about the school or if it's just about the area that we're from, but you know, the dropout rate was pretty high, I believe, uh, for that specific school district. Um, but also, if you look at the, the, the income from the families that are going there, pretty amazing because you could have some rich oil kids that are going to the school. And you can also have, you know, third, fourth generation welfare families, you know, sitting side by side in class. Yeah. So, I guess it's just, that's just kind of what you get in that area, man.
0: I'm thankful for it.
1: I, I am too. I actually miss it, man. I, I just bought a duplex up there. I'm renting that thing out.
0: Really? There you go. I bought a,
1: I bought a duplex in Lewis run.
0: We're doing a uh, action retail coffee shop and kind of coffee bar downtown next door to the Kennedy street cafe.
1: Oh, that uh, I went there. I went to, I go to Kennedy street every time I'm home. Yeah. I saw there, they, they had your coffee in there.
0: They do. So uh, cats out of the bag for everybody in Bradford listening. Um, Josh Kale, is in the uh, new partner with action and we're going to be opening up a m- little bit more of a permanent location right there on Kennedy street with him. So a coffee shop. Yeah. Right next door to the, to the cafe. Was that the florist there or no, it's uh, I don't think he's had anything there. Cause he owns that biz that whole building and half of it on the left is Kennedy street cafe. The other half is just, it's been storage for him. And so, He's been a customer. He switched from, Oh, that's
1: right. They were doing like a catering thing.
0: Yeah. And he's not really doing as much of that. So we, um, he's been buying coffee for the, for the diner since he's really started up. He's been a personal customer for a while. And he was like, how do I get your coffee into the coffee or into the diner? So we did that for a little bit and we just started talking and it made sense. You know, let's lean in a little bit more. We'll do a little coffee bar in there, so people can come get coffee by the cup. We're gonna sell it by the bag there, and then they'll be able to also get it with breakfast next door. So wow,
1: yeah, that's so. a big, really good. That's a good location for that too. Listen, people, what? if
0: you're in Bradford and you drink coffee and you're not going down supporting local business, buying your co- it's. By the way, I'm not a coffee drinker, which is crazy that I'm a partner in a coffee company. But compared to like Maxwell House and Folgers. It's uh, not even, it's night and day completely better as far as taste. Mm-hmm. But if you're buying it in bulk, you're really not paying a whole lot for coffee. And then then you got the flip side of people that drive to Starbucks or, you know, Tim Hortons. Pay
1: $5 a day for a cup.
0: Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that at all. Stop down there. Say hi to Josh get some action, get some turmeric and hemp and some other stuff. Shameless. You know, you do I, haven't been do, I haven't been doing this, the ads at the beginning anymore. So we're baking them into the middle of this stuff. Go buy action, no. sign up for a subscription, <laughs> use code word curious. You'll save 15%. And if you sign up for a subscription, it's 20% off of that. I mean, Jake, it's silly that people aren't doing this, right? I mean,
1: you, you know what? I'm actually going to do it because um, we drink a, like a premium grade coffee i think yep. it's a there's a grocery store here called HEB, and only they sell it and yep. only a certain ones sell it so we're always hunting down for this specific little tin can of good coffee i don't even know how much it costs you Probably do uh pre-ground
0: dollars. or whole bean pre-ground okay well yep. give me your address it's easy for me to get it to you because it's right down the road we still have our setup in austin so let's find out which kind you like and then uh can go from there what do you typically do like a dark roast or a medium roast
1: it's a medium roast, medium yeah. roast? all right
0: yeah i'll get you something i think i have but what, it. get me your new address
1: i'll send it to you yeah what you should also think about with that uh with that coffee shop maybe if you can get a liquor license in there you can do a coffee shop with some with some drinks and what you should think about and again i'm in no sense i'm not an owner here but maybe i know that there is like a there's like a people in Bradford really appreciate live music,
0: man. I was just gonna say maybe we could get the Mutant Beach Boys to play there.
1: Mutant Beach Boys, yeah, that would be dope. We would do that for sure. Um, which is a great name, isn't
0: it? <laughs> I people that just heard me through that out there that aren't from Bradford, because I'm, I don't know if you know this, Jake. There's quite a wide array of people that are listening to this podcast. I check the statistics periodically because I don't want to get caught up in the numbers, but. It is yeah. pretty fucking cool when you see people in Ukraine that are listening to this. And I'm like, why are you listening to my podcast? You're at war with Russia right now. And yeah, you're probably because
1: they got Tim Kennedy on.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good... Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But in all seriousness, I mean, people from all over the country, a lot of people from Great Britain, a lot of people from Canada, you have no idea what Mutant Beach is. So just to summarize what Mutant Beach is... We've got a great waterway that runs through our hometown. It's called the Tuna Gawant. And there's a great spillway on, uh, I guess, what is the west side of town. And mm-hmm. uh, they like to call it Mutant Beach. And I don't know if it's – is it still painted? I don't know, man. I mean, it's what's funny, and the best part about it is that Dave lives
1: right next to it.
0: <laughs> That's right. He does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. It's just funny, man. I think, I don't even know, I guess they call it mutant beach because the, the, it was next to Pitt Bradford. So the university is right there and these people from out of town are driving by and they're seeing the locals swimming. Yeah. And they
0: sunbathing like out on the cement. It's like a, it's a, it's a cement spillway is essentially what it is. And like people will put their beach towels out on the cement and that's where the local families will have picnics. It's, I mean, yeah, it's interesting, right? And their
1: whole thing, the whole the whole idea is that the locals look like mutants.
0: I was going to leave that part out but my figure. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's that.
1: <laughs> not, not, I mean, not all of them. but Just the ones you
0: know. that lay down in the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: it's funny. I mean, I, I feel like we're allowed to make the joke because yeah. we're from there. You know what of I mean? Of course.
0: Like, if anyone's have- going to talk shit, why can't I talk shit? I think I've got some distant relatives <laughs> that probably – hang out down there
1: yeah i mean uh i never particularly went swimming there but i thought
0: have you been kayaking down there or tubing no i haven't i mean i grew up in the fifth ward right so i grew up up on high street um which my house isn't even there anymore the the house my childhood home i moved when i was in sixth grade but that house that i grew up in they tore it down we moved out of there because it was turning into kind of a rough area and yeah. family kind of moved on up to Jackson Ave. And, yeah. Uh, you know, but that house just went downhill. We rented it out for a while. My parents kept it. And the people that, rent, this is a bizarre story. So they rented it to a family and um, I'll leave their name out just because, but <laughs> they stopped paying rent. And of uh, my parents were. You know, my parents are fighting about it. My, my mom's like, you need to go up there and get the rent. So my dad, like he's calling and calling. These people are not answering.
1: Oh, so he my goes God. up
0: and uh, knocks on the door and they don't answer the door. So he's like trying to figure out what's going on. He sees, looks in a window and he's like, there's no furniture in there. Nothing. goes <laughs> in. He finally gets into the house and there's a chair in the dining room with a telephone plugged into the wall, sitting on the chair. They've been calling, dude. This phone's been ringing on the chair for weeks on end because they fucking bailed and we're not going to pay the rent. So my actually culminated into my dad running into the husband and wife at a gas station like a week later and a little fiery firecracker of a father just like (laughs) pounding on the hood of a car, screaming, you're going to give me the money you owe me. Oh my God. So like we moved from that house, but since then, I mean, it just turned into, that's a really rough part of town and they tore it down. And we came back to Bradford. I think it was last year, maybe a little bit before that. And, um, I was, we were staying in a hotel and I was like, I'm going to go for a run. And for whatever reason, I was like, I I just be thinking, it'd be cool to run through my old neighborhood. I haven't been up there in a while and dude, talk about perspective, things that seem so big. I'm like, everything seems so close together and small. The yard seems small because I was so little when I lived there, but I ran like around down Rochester street to the fifth ward park and like up the road and then down and ran down my sidewalk. And I'm like standing in front of this empty lot where my house used to be just envisioning. And it just, it's just freaking bizarre, you know, For and then, sure. you know, I don't know how many people have that opportunity, but I do the same
1: thing whenever I'm in Lewis run. I'll just walk through Lewis run because that's where I grew up. And, and I mean, back in those days, it wasn't anything crazy. I mean, I'd be like, all right, mom, you're six years old. Bye mom. I'm going to go down to the park. And the park is, you know, almost a mile away. And I'm just down there chilling in Lewis run and without a worry in the world. No one's going to mess with me. I know how to get back home, you know? So I spent my whole childhood just walking around Lewis run, riding my bike around Lewis run and, and playing at the park. And there's a group of kids that all lived in Lewis run. We played together. And would you ever ride your bike into town? Oh, dude, I didn't start riding my bike into town until I was about 12. Then it
0: became a habit, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the problem is that you get to town and then you're like, fuck, I got to ride this thing back.
0: out." <laughs> well, for us, it was, we would go out. There's a, there's like a swimming hole. If you get to uh, like the Custer City intersection
1: right there, Breakdown.
0: yeah. Well, it, like right where the 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 Tasty Freeze is, yeah. And if you were to head towards Penn Hills, and you get to those train tracks right there, and yeah. then you were to continue to walk towards Lewis Run, you come to some like big water hole that's like back in there, and we would walk from town out there, get soaking wet, swimming in this like probably dirty ass like crude oil infected water oh for sure and then we would walk <laughs> the train tracks back but you'd always inevitably lose track of time it would mm-hmm. be and you gotta remember you didn't have cell phones you didn't have like i wasn't wearing like a casio watch or whatever you know so i'm get like your
1: ass beat when you get back oh on. yeah
0: you walked you walked like <laughs> three miles as the sun setting and you know like i'm not home for dinner i am so fucking tr- i am deep shit right now Like yeah, guess yeah. the difference man like you you forget how disconnected you were. And there was like an awesomeness about that.
1: It was, it was really cool, man. I mean, I really cherished the area of which we grew up. I mean, at the time when I was like a teenager that didn't have my license yet, I was really jealous of like you guys, like you and Joey and Charles and everybody that lived downtown, downtown. And like, I wanted to be downtown because downtown was cool, but i'm you know 15 miles south <laughs> you know like that's a long ways to ride your bike dude. Yeah. all the time and then you gotta ride back out there so i spent a lot of my time just out there man just you know chat my my best friend chad lived right down the road too and and we would just meet up there was an old railroad grade that we rode our bikes to to and from to get to each other's house and we just hung out, hung out in the, in the old creek, dude, looking for crayfish and did some fishing. We'd camp out. I mean, it's seriously like you know. I talked, I talked to my girl down here. I try to tell her about what summers were like up there as when I was a kid, and it's just they you don't experience that down here because down here in Texas, when it's summer, it's the winter effect up there. You're not trying to go outside and and just be miserably hot 107 degrees out there it's seriously the same thing as it being you know 30 below and there's four feet of snow you don't want to be out there in that
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean sometimes you do maybe but
0: it takes a special type of person
1: it does it certainly takes a special type of person to sit out there in that which your body gets used to it i was always amazed back when i was on the back of the garbage truck in lewis run which also was an amazing time for me back back then because I got to work for the small borough in which I grew up my entire life, and uh, I that whole time that I, I I worked there for almost two years, I hardly left Lewis Run, man. I was in Lewis Run, but, you know. I was grocery shopping most of the time at uh, the Lewis Run Mini Mart, man. Like I was not leaving Lewis Run for nothing other than to um by weed <laughs> <laughs> how,
0: how much did how much did that impact you as a musician like when you take a step back now that you've actually been a musician for a long time like you can say that right like i'm a musician like that's what you are you are a musician there ain't no change right so like when you look at that how much does growing up in lewis run play into it versus moving to la and having that and i'm sure all of it plays a role but do you look at that and see any different aspect really come through your music more than others
1: um well i would just say i don't know if it's necessarily just the area of lewis run or bradford or or the the ruralness in which we we grew up but there is a blue collar, uh, there's a blue collar mindset that was somehow engraved in the way that I go about my business to where like, I do this for a living, I'm providing for a family. And, you know, sure, we're playing music and we're, we're, we're having fun, we're drinking. But like, this is what I do. And I, I work real hard at it. And I'm like, I'm not taking shortcuts when it comes time from this is the time I start, this is the time I end. I'm not going to be late. I'm not going to stop early. And I'm hardly even going to take breaks. Like I'm going to give you your money's worth. You're paying me to be here. I'm going to, I'm going to do the best I can. And I have a band and it's been somewhat difficult to find like-minded individuals that treat it like I do, you know?
0: Yeah. I would imagine that's only going to differentiate you further and further as the music scene grows and continues to evolve because, People like you are fewer and further between. And Austin used to probably have a lot of native people or first-time transplants that would come there and keep that tradition going. But now it's kind of like a pop culture center of a lot of things, music, comedy, jujitsu. And so you get a lot of people that are going to inevitably pop into the music scene and they don't have that. They don't come from that deep, hardworking, kind of patinaed existence that I feel like we are so fortunate to your point at being able to have, and that it does ring true in your music. You can't like, you can't create that artificially. It's there, you know?
1: Yeah. There's definitely like a, you know, even when I'm in the studio or writing or, or anything like that, like there's a, there's definitely a blue collar work ethic behind it. We're, 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 we're in here, we're doing this. Like, and even if I'm saying it to myself, like I got to shut off the distractions around me, which is difficult when I'm a a dad and it's summer vacation, my kids are here and my girl works from home. It's difficult to find the time and the space, but also it's like, well, Hey, this is what this is what we're paid to do. This is what I got to do.
0: So we're recording this a little bit early. We're gonna hold this off. I think it's what is it's like the fourth of August right now, just for context. Yeah, uh, we're gonna release this right before the eleventh or the twelfth. Because yeah, the twelfth got... is when my song releases. Right. So tell me a little bit about this new music coming.
1: Yeah, there's a song. It's called "The Life You Make." It's like in a it's an acoustic song. Uh, all I got on there is acoustic guitar, vocal, and harmonica. It's like a real a uh, sentimental song that um, I remember the morning I wrote it which is a little while ago now but I, when I wrote it I just at the time which I need to be better about doing now at the time I was I would wake up I would grab my coffee I would go in my studio and I would just sit there and with my guitar and try to you know come up with something I'd be writing or or coming up with anything. And the thing that came out really one morning, it came out really natural. Um, it, it's, 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 the song is called the life you make. And it's uh, about my, my, my kids. Um, it's basically just like a, like a kind of like a letter to them about like what I hope they're able to do in life. And, you know, just kind of follow your dreams and, 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 And don't be afraid to 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 get out of situations that you're you're not happy with in life, you know, Mm -hmm. pretty much like that. One of the things that I talk about in the song is uh, is, uh, you know, everything changed for me. It's almost like an instinctual thing as a man, like when I had my son and I laid my eyes upon him for the first time, it's almost like everything Rearranged in my mind in that moment. Like, it's clear. It's like instantly clear. Yeah. yeah. It's like, holy cow. Like, yeah, I, of course, I'm going to make sure everything's good. And I think that's what's holding a lot of people back from having kids mm-hmm. now is like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay, pay for the kids. It's like, well, once you have the kid and you look at him, it's like, if that doesn't, that was almost like, well, of course, I'm going to do this. You know, the year I had my son, the year that I had my son, dude, I was uh, I was 24 years old when he was born, and it was it was my first no, yeah, it was my first year in Austin, pretty much, and I played 12 three hour gigs a week the first year he was alive, so I was playing five to eight solo happy hour. And then I would play with my band from 10 to 1. And I played with my band five nights a week. And I played solo seven nights a week. So I, for over a year straight, I worked seven days a week. And I did um, doubles five days a week.
0: That's what I mean, man. Let's, when I hear <laughs> people that say they can't, I'm just like, oh, it's nails on a chalkboard to me. Don't say you can't. What do you mean you can't? We can't support even- Kid man, I can't I don't I don't make enough money.
1: Yeah, well, I mean you're gonna you'll figure it out, man. You know, that's gonna let a fire under your ass to do something. Because right now, if you just have that mindset, like, oh well, I just can't do it, you know. I don't You can't do it, man. You know, create an old like, no. How about you get your ass up? And you figure something out, buddy. You sell your farts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone will buy them, dude. There's a lot somebody. of crazy people out there,
0: somebody will so how long ago did you write the song was it when you say it was quite a while ago is it oh when did i okay
1: i was in my old house because that was yeah so dude i probably
0: wrote the song over a year ago so what what makes you when you develop something do you have a process after the fact that you just okay i'm it sounds like I want it, but I'm going to keep refining it, keep playing it, seeing if you find different ways to play it. Like, Or is it just kind of going to the back of your mind and then you just get a feeling that it's time to put something out? Or like, walk me through that process of knowing that this is a song and that you're going to put more effort towards it.
1: Well, for me, uh, for this specific song, it's different. And for every artist, it's different to their process. I'll tell you about my process. My process is I write a song with just me and my guitar and um in the moment you know i write down the lyrics and once the song well not even then so in the moment i'll write down the lyrics and throughout the process of writing the song i will record it um on a i have geared a demo so i'll also be recording a demo on it and i might record the demo a couple different times and change some things up and you know really look at it look at it through You know different lenses and stuff and then i'll take that demo and i'll go to the studio with it and i'll work with you know myself and my audio engineer slash producer and we'll go through it and we will make the final copy the the we'll 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 record it professionally and um then that's it and the thing about it is is like for me like i don't have a lot of financial backing behind my songwriting so everything's all independent so i'm paying for everything and the to get songs mixed and mastered and you know it's it all adds up man it's it's expensive and that's why it's been such a long Mm -hmm. process for me to release this whole album because there's money that is behind it you know and there's a lot of hours behind it you know, there's some there, it's just a huge process, man, personally, for at least for me to, to do it all. And then also be working, you know, day in, day out just to stay afloat, just to pay my bills, keep my family fed, but also pursue what I want to do, which is, you know, release my songs.
0: Is there financial incentive on Spotify or is it really at this point a great way to just continue to get your name out there?
1: That's all it is for me. I mean, I'm not looking to uh, make money off of my songs right now. And I mean, most of the people that are making money on Spotify, you have to have hundreds of millions of streams, you know, even then do they even make a lot of money? The industry has changed so much that, uh, you know, it's, it's the only, everyone's making money off touring. You have to tour, you have to sell, you know, tickets. And that's why, you know, if you talk to your grandma or your your parents and they're like, well, I went to go see the Beatles, you know, way back in 1968. It was only, you know, uh, it was only, you know, $5 to see them. Well, you know, that that's because they were making all their money off records. They were touring. I, actually, I said 1968. The Beatles weren't touring in 68. The Beatles toured in the early 60s. They quit touring because they just were a studio band. They made so much money off those vinyls, man. And then even in the 90s, I mean, they are making so much money off of uh, selling CDs. You know, it's just kind of crazy what's happened.
0: Again, it goes How- back to that, taking that catalog and just re-ringing it through the cycle again. Hey, CDs are a new thing. Awesome. Let's go take Abbey Road and put it on a fucking CD exactly, Let's sell a bunch dude. of them motherfuckers. That's what they I'm had saying. vinyls.
1: They had vinyls. They had cassettes and then they went to cds and then they were were,
0: where he went to streaming and let's go create a documentary with old video footage and just play it to the music of the cd that we've already sold in eight different ways somebody's gonna buy it
1: exactly and the thing about that documentary did you watch that on disney no get back it's amazing like i i sat there and i was watching that just for inspiration of you know you're sitting there watching the greatest rock band of all time fucking right fucking get back (laughs) it's crazy oh that sounds like get back oh yeah and you say get back too that's cool it's like dude what um so you're watching that and they were afraid when they released it they're like we're not gonna get good pr out of this these guys look these guys are they're fighting they're breaking up they're getting back together like this is a terrible documentary they're trying to film something for the time that they could sell but back in those days no one wanted to look under the hood you know what i'm saying
0: mm-hmm. we just wanted to like thing we, now
1: yeah now now it's it went over really well because people want to know all your dirty laundry people want to look under the hood people want to see you have trials and tribulations and you know see that you're a real person and i struggle with 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 letting with, with letting people in like that like that's one of the reasons i'm not as active on social media as i probably should be is because I'm not one of those people that just like put the phone in front of their face and, and try to talk to people on my Instagram story, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. a lot of people, lot people do that. You Might find it interesting, but I don't like that a whole lot either. I don't like to be forceful in my approach, but it's like sometimes the only way to let people know that there's a new episode they need to listen to is by like actually getting on there and saying it, but I'm with you. I hate, I hate it and I shouldn't care, but I'm like thinking, I know like it's probably because I've been less than gracious towards other people who I've seen their things and I've made, you know, I'm sure I've made comments or jokes and that is self self self-awareness that it's fine is coming through and being like, man, somebody's probably saying the same shitty stuff about you. (laughs) You know what I mean? But as I've gotten older in a way, I've kind of come to know that that's the case and I laugh about it. It's there's nothing anybody could say about me or to me that, I haven't already said about it to myself. I am beyond critical of everything that I do. Nowhere near could anybody ever come close to that. So, good luck.
1: You, That's kind of where I was when, like, I was I was on TV there for that little little you know I made my appearance on TV, and I started getting people DMing me mad because I didn't say I was from Bradford or you know I even had one of my favorite artists of all time, you know, hit me up and start talking shit. It's just like, dude, come on, man. Like for real. Okay. I guess this is the way it is. I guess this is what success is like. Yeah. You know, they say don't meet your heroes because you know, your hero's a freaking dickhead, I guess so.
0: So uh, we've done this a few times in the past. You mentioned that this is an acoustic song. Any chance you can uh, give a little sneak peek?
1: Oh, yeah, I can do that if you want. Is that I, I'm a little concerned that the audio is not going to be the best.
0: Well, that's all, all the more reason that people need to go and actually download the song and follow you on Spotify so they can hear the hard work from the studio. But I think, shoot, man, like even, even just you jamming on an acoustic guitar – I go back and listen to some of those ep- early episodes just for that. You, um, trying to think of what song it was that you played.
1: I played living in the past.
0: Yes, you did. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I could also send you like a audio file of the song and you could yeah. you could put it on there. Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do and that. You could
1: just, I could just send you the song and you can put, play like a little clip of the song.
0: Yeah, no, for sure.
1: Does that work? So yeah. I got my, um, uh, my harmonicas aren't in my
0: yeah no no you're good dude let's do that yeah let's do a clip of it so that people get a little taste and then they go and download it.
1: Yeah I'll do that for sure. And I can give you the uh like some promo pictures to if you want to if you have anything to post for that if you want like the album cover and stuff like or the the their single cover and stuff.
0: The more the better buddy.
1: Yes sir so what's you? What's 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 big in your world, man? What you got coming up?
0: Got the coffee shop. We, um, I don't know, man. I've uh, got a couple small little projects I'm, I'm doing outside of this. Just trying to be a dad. Trying to spend time with the little guys. Got soccer coming up for the oldest one. He's got. He's gonna be doing that. So that'll be. How three. old is he? He'll be three here in September.
1: Dude, I uh. So I I did soccer last fall, which was my son's second season of soccer. He did so I coached last fall and I think it was five U. So he was he was four years old at the time. Now he's going on six and we'll be doing soccer again. Um dude, it's so much fun, man. Seeing him out there. Like my kid in soccer, and he did baseball in the in the spring. I saw you
0: coaching coaching some T ball. Yeah,
1: dude, we were we went hard. I mean, dude, I had them kids. We did. I mean, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to go crazy like some of them parents back back when we were kids. They were eat, sleeping, and breathing that little league baseball, man. They couldn't get enough of it, or the midget league football, or the the uh, bybl. Like that's that was like some guys. That was like their whole life, dude. Mm-hmm. But uh. I think it's just really cool to see the kids out there and just they're doing their thing. And some of them are like really, really timid. And then other ones, like my son is more like aggressive. Like when he gets the ball in soccer, like he's putting that thing in the net like immediately. But it's also like some of those kids are like picking dandelions, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah. So I had to tell myself, I'm like, all right, he's going to do this you cannot go there with the expectation that this is like the travel all-star team. Just let him have fun, and do yeah. his thing. So I I've like crushed all of that aside and I'm like actually truly excited to just go watch him run around with a bunch of other little kids and enjoy himself. So,
1: yeah, that was my mindset when he started as well. And then when I saw that he was actually like, like doing really good at it, like he was better than all the other kids out there. I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> he's got to keep this up, man. You
0: know, he's push up it and he gets-, gets home. You're like, Hey, you, you struck <laughs> out twice. We're going to go do 20 minutes of fucking batting practice out back. I mean, dude, I, I'll tell you afterwards, but there's a kid that I graduated with. He's got older siblings as well. And I heard stories from family members of mine. And just even, I think even he told me the father was like a psychopath. Like they would lose a wrestling match he would make one brother wrestle the other brother in the basement and the one brother was older. Cause it was like, you lost today. You're going to come home and deal with your older brother now. Like that type of stuff. Dang. Yeah. Swinging baseball bats in the, into a net for hours until your hands are out and basically bleeding. I, I hear stories like that and I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm anywhere near pushing this too hard. So.
1: Yeah, no, I remember there being one situation where, you know, it was like the most athletic kid I ever knew when I was a kid. And then, like he, he caught like he played catcher in like nine and ten year old all star little league. And uh, they they like he. I just remember them like I think. Oh wait, no, he was pitching and he accidentally beamed a kid. And then he made his son go get the go go up to the plate to swing. And then he was throwing the ball as hard as could as his son being in the sun like don't move (laughs) thank you jesus christ man poor kid i mean there's a i I guess that's a thing man i mean could you imagine though each
0: one of those kids we know that we're talking about they're all in the major leagues right now so i don't know why we don't say (laughs) pressure builds diamonds my man
1: that's why i was having such a good time like uh trolling the whole community about that basketball situation yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like dude you know like there's so much sports politics that go on back in that place or at least when we were kids there was and it's just so funny because it's like why for what for what can't we just have fun can't we just let the kids be kids huh can't we do that but no no we can't do that we we gotta we gotta you know it's all about what's best for my kid and you know, my kid's going to be in a major league or, you know, he's going to be a perennial all-star. He's going to, he's going to go to Bradford high
0: and he's going to be the all-time leading scorer. Just you once know. I'd love to be able to go up and shake someone's hand and say, Hey man, kudos for you to be an asshole. And so hard on your kid. He, he signed a hundred million dollar contract that really worked out. It doesn't work out. It never, it never works out. It's like, Hey, congrats on your kid delivering pizzas for Domino's. You burn them out. Like, thank you. Yeah. You know, I feel Could bad. You imagine though, like, let's take
1: the great the goat tom brady let's take him by example do you think that that's you you've heard how he talks about his dad right
0: mm-hmm.
1: like tom brady like the the relationship he has with his dad that was not the environment that the greatest quarterback of all time was growing up in he was not being pushed
0: to you know to create that was inside of him already yeah i think it was had to have been right because the,
1: the the the, I mean, I, he gets hate on for like kissing his kid on the mouth and stuff, and it's because that's what he was uh, shown. Like I think he was his his. Uh, I can't really speak for Tom Brady, but from what I've seen from his interviews and stuff, his parents were like real gentle with him and loving and like just really supported him, and that's all a kid needs, man. They don't need you to push him to great, you know, extents to be a Great athlete, you know. If they have that, they have that, and you just need like to a flower, support you don't them need on to that.
0: Teach a kid how to grow; they grow. Yeah, exactly. Got to give them water and some sunlight.
1: It's insane, man. It's insane. But can you imagine the uh like the the sense of accomplishment? Could you like if your son ended up being a fucking quarterback or a pitcher, or like actually being like a professional athlete? So I feel which is a reality. What's that? that's
0: why I feel so bad for my parents
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but it's just like a, it's, a, it's a reality for a lot of parents and I'm not saying it's gonna be reality for me I don't I'm not I want my son to do what he wants to do my 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 kid that he's good at a lot of things he's a he's good at playing the drums he's a he's he, he can do push-ups I mean he's and he's only five years old I mean he has a lot of interests which is great and I'm not I'm not gonna push him in any direction i'm gonna let him choose what direction he wants to go you know that's that's the whole idea of uh of being a parent i think
0: he wants to play the clarinet jake
1: i mean i might have to help, <laughs> i might have to point him in a certain direction that he wants to do kenny
0: Wayne he wants to do kenny g's uh kenny g uh cover songs <laughs> wants to wear a tuxedo and stuff
1: I mean, I do it if that's what you want to do, man. Yeah, but nah, dude. He wants to. He he got second place in the talent show because he played the drums to uh, Queen. Another one bites the dust.
0: So I got. I'm in a little trouble because Hendrix loves music, absolutely loves it, and um, he's big on Mike Stud. So he likes this. He likes like white frat rap and has been saying words along with the raps and I'm like bro you shouldn't know what condoms are. I don't want you saying the word condom. Uh you're too. And yeah. then the flip side is he loves heavy metal. And he is obsessed with Parkway Drive. He has to me play Carrion by Parkway Drive the live version from early days. I got to play that on my whenever I pick him up from daycare. And then he's also big in as I lay dying. He's also big on In Flames. He loves Clayman, album from In Flames. Mm. So yeah, I'm, my wife came home. He was sitting on the couch watching YouTube videos of In Flames playing a concert. And he's just headbanging and playing the drums and go to school and his teacher's like, so Hendrix said that he's obsessed with heavy metal. She's like, "What? where does that come from? I'm like, lady, come and spend a day in the Jones household. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's funny, man. my my son he does something similar uh i showed him um i showed him system of a down (laughs) so he's obsessed with uh what's the song what's that one song dude why can't i think of it Um, chop suey chop suey yeah he's he can't get enough of chop suey man he's obsessed with it he's like play chop suey i want to hear chop suey so then i started i actually got a little bit concerned because he started listening to it all the time and we have like google alexa you know it's like google play job suey as soon as you start playing i'm like dude because then i start thinking i'm like dissecting the song you know oh yeah from a parental perspective i'm like this kind of seems like it might be a little too dark
0: you know hendrix i'll be in my random song and memento mori from lamb of god pops up and he's like memento mori dad memento mori i'm like yeah, you probably shouldn't fucking know what this like you shouldn't know this song like you know i yeah he tries his yeah. deep throat like <laughs> i'm like no no no. you don't need to sing just play the drums that's cool
1: <laughs> yeah it's cool though man it's cool to just see a younger generation take a a liking to things like that man
0: yeah yeah he likes elvis too so that's a good thing mm. I haven't watched a movie. I gotta watch a movie. Yeah, I would love to see that. I heard that guy killed
1: it. Yeah. He like got lost in the character. Yeah. Did you, did you watch that, that Jim Carrey documentary about him getting lost in that character of, uh, of, uh, what's it? Jim, Jim and Andy is the documentary on Netflix. Uh, Andy,
0: Andy Kaufman. Yeah. I haven't. Is it? Have you seen it?
1: I watched quite a bit of it. I think I watched it all the way through. Yeah.
0: Really? I need to see that. I've, I've actually seen it pop up a lot and I've never watched it, but I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan. Love Jim Carrey.
1: Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, I think it's a similar experience as to what um, that guy was experiencing with Elvis. Like you just kind of get submerged into the character. And then all of a sudden you just like, don't come out of the character and you're just living your life in the character.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh it's like Hollywood Helen. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking A mutant beach.
1: Yeah. She's uh. like, I'm going to Hollywood. And then she just doesn't come out of her house for like a, a month.
0: We grew up in a special place, man. I, love, no. it. I love it. We could, if I want it's like, I think about this. Like, do I really want to screw up my future? I could just sit on here for days and talk about everything Bradford. Like, do you follow the Bitchin' about Bradford Facebook page? No, but
1: I should. I would Dude. love that.
0: <laughs> you will not find a better social media account. You won't find a better one. You won't. I mean, some of the stuff is. There was somebody posting yesterday about a. They're like the the admin lady who. I'm just like, how do you have people that even will talk to you? You're you're out and people left and right. She like posts things. She said, these were found on so-and-so's phone. And there's screenshots of her having a conversation with the chief of police about like ratting people out and being a confidential informant. And then you get into the comments and there's like 150 comments of people fighting back and forth about these pictures. You name the topic, everything from the pizza sucks at taste of pizza. And then you get people arguing about that you get people saying like, you know, this teacher up at the school, someone stole the air conditioning unit. You know, th- this person's an asshole. This person's cheating on their wife. I mean, uh, you'll get lost. If you got shit to do, don't I'm not done yet, buddy. I'm sorry.
1: My, my bad, man.
0: No, you're fine,
1: <clears throat> dude. It's, uh, I, I would probably get lost for hours on that Facebook page, man.
0: I start typing stuff cuz I'm like I want to stir the pot and I'm like don't do it. Don't <laughs> don't do it. I've had to delete it and I'm good now. I just I put it on observe and I just sit there and I'll scroll through. And every once in a while there's like good stuff on there. I don't I mean it's mm-hmm. but there's the same characters, man, posting the same stuff, fighting with each other. Damn. This person I was like that far from that being my reality, man. Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, I think I might
1: stick around, you know, get married, settle down here, you know, just work at the the bar every night. Just work at the borough, you know, hang out at Jose. Yeah. I was so close to that being my reality. It's kind of crazy.
0: Still can be. You want? (laughs) I could.
1: I mean, I, I, I got a duplex up there I can go chill at. I might just do that. If I ever want some perspective, just go up there and stay for a little while. I might actually do that. You should come up, man. I'm playing a couple shows while I'm up there this month. You should come up.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I've got a busy second half, Um, like the 15th on. I'm going to be kind of busy, but I'll have time for sure. I'll, I'll definitely have time. So, well, no, you're going
1: to be up there. I know I spoke with Colin and all those guys are coming for that on the,
0: they're going to be up there for the member guest next week. Yeah
1: that's where I'm going up there I'm playing at the i fest on that same day
0: what so next week the 12th okay yeah so the 15th is when I'm busy I got things I gotta do so the 12th so it's what like Friday so I'm playing Thursday at, Friday Saturday is the festival
1: yeah I'm playing at uh I'm playing at beef feeders on the 11th and then I'm playing at uh, the iClub on the 12th. And then I'm going with Dark Water down to Emporium. And I'm playing at some sort of festival they're doing down there on Saturday on the 13th. And then I got nothing on the 14th, man. If you're going to be there on the 14th, it's a Sunday.
0: Yeah, if I was to come up, it would be Saturday, Sunday, probably. I don't know. I See, this is my wife wants to kill me if she listens to this because... We made plans for Thursday and Friday. She took the days off, and she's like, "Those are the days I should take off, right, so that we can do what we're planning to do." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no problem at all." And I'm like, hmm, "Maybe I could go back and catch a show at the." Yeah. Bad news, bad news. It would be Saturday or Sunday if I saw you. So let's plan on that, maybe.
1: Well, you should. Yeah, bring your kids up, man. I mean, uh, pretty nice pool up there. You can bring the kids over and do some swimming there in the uh, the backyard. And uh chill out. If you, I mean, I guess you'd be heading back Sunday too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've got um busy day Monday morning. So I feel you. No worries, man. No, no, for sure, but you got me thinking.
1: I'm also we're doing uh balloons in Ellicottville Thursday. And then we're playing the Mutant Beach Boys, are also playing the McKean County Fair on the nineteenth Friday.
0: There you go mckean county fair now that's something i might actually drive back up for
1: yeah we're playing the mckean county fair man big things
0: people were complaining about the bradford speedway on bitching about bradford because it's not wet enough to be canceling these races and well then you got somebody that's like you ever driven a car before do you you, do you know what it's like to be a stock car driver on a dirt track and you get the whole that's i learned a lot i learned a lot about draft and about slickness (laughs) gotta go check this stuff out man go go follow it and then text me tonight when you're done reading you're gonna have people from ukraine following bitching about
1: bradford (laughs) you're gonna have all sorts of people plugging in on bitching about bradford dude just check out uh, check out the uh the content
0: you're gonna have people listening to your music from ukraine so listen if you guys are out there if you listen to the podcast go follow jd casper on instagram Go follow him on Spotify. Are you on Apple as well? I'm on everything, man. On everything. So, JD Casper on Spotify. Follow him. Go ahead. Instagram, Facebook, uh,
1: you know, everything, any platform you got. JD Casper. Pretty sure I'm the only one. JDCasper.com. Uh, check that out. Has all my dates and there's some merch and stuff you can look into.
0: And he's going on tour next summer, guys.
1: Definitely going to be on tour. Definitely going to have – once this record comes out, there's going to be some touring happening for sure.
0: And he's going to come through the Pittsburgh area on that tour. For some – I don't care. He's he's going to tour the North, Pacific Northwest, and he's going to fly to Pittsburgh. We're going to do a show here with a live podcast. And then uh, – Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, for sure, brother. We definitely need to sync back up. And uh, I'm sure I'll be down to Austin. I'll pop in and catch – that was one of the funnest nights bailing from a bachelor party and i which i feel bad about because i I left a good friend's bachelor party but i was gonna beat the beat one of his friend's asses if i didn't leave so i did the responsible (laughs) thing and i had a lot of fun so me and another buddy came we caught you on a rooftop had some bang ass barbecue had some good beer some good music yeah man couldn't them
1: sundays at handlebar those were fun those ones uh they don't have that. That place has been closed ever since COVID, but I think really? they're remodeling it. They're going to reinvent themselves under a different brand. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be cool. I think it was time to remodel that place anyways. But uh, yeah, that was fun when you came down. You should come down again, dude. I'll
0: be down. I'll be down.
1: You should come so down we'll again. Get we'll get
0: the gym. travel and stuff with the kids. It's just, it's so hard. It's like once they, once they get to like two years old, everything becomes a little easier a little bit easier, not yeah. a lot, but a little bit,
1: a little bit easier, but then you're also, you know, there's, they're no longer under that, uh, free category either. Now, yes. now you get the extra tickets, and you, you know, it's a pain in the ass, man. You're preaching
0: to the choir. Yeah. No, oh, it's always something, but <laughs> it's always good to chat with you, dude. I'm glad we were able to pull this off so quick. I'll get this cleaned up and we'll, uh, get it planned to release the same time as your, your new song. So I'm beyond grateful, man. Thank you for for coming on. It's always a great time to talk with you.
1: Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. And, you know, I'm sure we'll be able to link back up and do this again uh, in the not so distant future.
0: Got some good ones coming out. You'll have to sync back up. I got a paranormal expert. I've got a guy that's a uh, expert on UFOs and UAPs or whatever the UTAs or they're changing the acronyms. Um, yeah. I'm trying to trying to get more just with interesting people. Like if I get big names, that's great. But some of the bigger names that I've gone after, there's been a couple too that I didn't even publish because they come on, they unprepared. They're not, they don't take it serious and it's like they aren't good speakers. They just have like a big social following and I'm trying to steer away from that. Like literally one of the most downloaded episodes I've ever had was the eel pit guy. Mm -hmm. Like who, who would have ever thought, but, People found it so fascinating that this guy bought a house and created a a live eel pit underneath it in his, in his basement, basically filled it with water and has crayfish, eels, catfish, all kinds of stuff. And he just goes down and checks it out. So it's like, yes, dude, it was a, it's a rainwater cistern underneath his house and he bought the house. He saw it was there. He works in a pet store. He loves like Marine animals and he was like i'm creating a freshwater eel pit so he fashioned it all up he's got cinder blocks down there for like stepping he's got a whole filtration system it's crystal clear water with like stones on the bottom and he had freshwater eels shipped in from maine that live down there and he feeds them by hand he's got like a half a million followers on tiktok and growing like he's blew up but we just, I talked to him about like all kinds of cool stuff about animals and like, why do you want eels and what's this fascination with it? And I honestly, I enjoy having that type of a conversation way more than I do with some big name person that just wants to have like a podcast conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. It's kind of the, the direction I'm going to lean in. Just, I want to talk to cool, interesting people that I can have cool conversations with. That's it. I don't have any interest in doing anything other than that anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you're doing the right thing, man. I mean, not really looking for clout. You're just kind of doing your own thing.
0: Yeah. No, I shifted it. Yeah. I it's, there was a point in time where it's like I'm leaving a journal. Yeah. And I don't want to look back and be like, Oh God, he was in that phase. Like, oh. Yeah. But it's cool no, also to sure. look back and see that. So,
1: no, I mean, I'm sure like insert any podcast ever. I'm sure they have episodes they look back at and they're
0: like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't want to delete much... it. But, oh, God, I said that. Ugh. Yeah.
1: There's yeah, a couple. I'm...
0: I won't tell you guys which numbers, but ooh. Oh.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you only learn from experience, dude. You know, 100%. You only learn by doing
0: it. Like anything else.
1: So keep doing what you're doing, buddy. I think you're doing a great
0: job. Thank you. You too, bud. I'll talk to you soon. Later on, buddy. Yeah.